a little bit about love today. If you just remain standing just for another minute or two in honor of God's word, if you can. Uh, if you have your Bible and your electronic devices, we'll be in Psalms 136. And stay open to that, Psalms. Uh, we won't read the whole thing today standing, I promise you that for now. Uh, someday we might, but today uh, I just have three verses that i like us to, to read. But I need your help. I need your help. I need your voices. I need you to participate in this part. I want to just uh, read the verse, but then I would want you to respond uh, by saying the Lord, uh, by his love endures forever. His love endures forever. And so I've entitled this message, Enduring Love. Enduring love, because God loves affects, his, his love affects everything, everything about us, everything that we are all around us. He affects everything, and his love and his mercy endures forever. And so we'll look at uh, three ways that God reveals his love to us, but first we're going to read the three verses, and then as I read the beginning, you'll say his love endures forever. So let's try this. In Psalms 136, beginning at verse 1, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. Father God, we just thank You, Lord, because Your love, Your mercy, Your faithfulness, Your steadfastness endures forever, O God. Forever and ever, O God. Beyond measure, beyond understanding, O oh God. And so even now, as, as we stand in your presence in honor of your word, O oh God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you start touching lives here and, and those that are watching from online, O oh God, as the weeks and months go ahead, O oh God. Lord, touch them, Lord, right where they are, O oh God. And even now, Lord, start showing your love to them, like heal their bodies, heal their mind, O oh God. Heal their situations, O oh Lord Jesus. Turn it around, O oh God. And we know, Lord Jesus, that you love us greatly. Your love, your mercy endures forever. Help us, Lord, to get that in our core, in our, in our innermost as we're going through hard times, O oh God. Help us to understand and help us to receive those words for us today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Now, I'm just wondering out of curiosity, you don't have to yell out, but has anyone ever heard of Zig Ziglar? Has anyone ever heard of Zig Ziglar? Oh yeah, we have, we have a few of those who have heard of Zig Ziglar. He's a, a, a famous American salesman and motivational speaker. And although Zig Ziglar ex experienced many major issues, several tragedies in his life, he had a special ability to see these tragic events as something very positive in his life. And one of his famous quotes were, You were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, expect to win. And I wonder how many of us today expect to win. Do you expect to win? And if you do that, then that should cause you to plan and prepare to win as well. So many people don't plan to fail. They just fail to plan. And one way we can win in life, especially in an actual sense, I would say this, is just reading books. Especially books where people are doing great things and in their field and in their trade. And then try to put forth those things, uh, those methods and those uh, techniques in your life. And I love reading Zig's books and listening to him speak and he wrote books like The Secret to Closing the Deal and, and Born to Win and Selling 101. Now I'm not promoting those books as far as like I make money off those or anything like that. I just those books are just have uh, been years since I've read them but I've read them and um, he was just full with uh, words of encouragement and wisdom and focus and uh, if you're in sales or uh, in, in, in that type of business that he was in, it was just, it's just amazing. And one of his quotes stuck with me, or at least the first part of it stuck with me. And repetition is the mother of all learning. You might have heard me say that several times. Repetition is the mother of all learning. But the entire quote is actually this. Repetition is the mother of learning, the father of action, which makes it the architect of accomplishment. And Psalms... This Psalms repeats this phrase, his love endures forever, and he says it over and over and over again. And as you read this Psalms, especially if you start saying it out loud, you will say his love endures forever 26 times. And at the end of saying it 26 times, maybe you'll start actually believing it, and you'll start remembering it, and it'll start becoming a part 
of your core mindset and DNA. His love endures forever. His faithfulness endures forever. His mercy endures forever. And this Psalms 136, according to Jewish tradition, was called the Great Hallel, or the Great Psalms of Praise. A great multitude of people would gather together and say this, and they would say this in response uh, to the words. The Levites would read, uh, uh, read this uh, in a form of worship, and the people would respond by giving thanks unto the Lord. His love endures forever. Church, there's something very uh, special and pleasing, I believe, to the Lord when the saints of God, the believers, gather together in one accord, in unity, in harmony, to worship Him as we experience today. It was so beautiful. And I believe uh, there's something about repetition, uh, I should say, that uh, builds strength and memory and recall. Whether it's weightlifting or studying or giving God thanks that He deserves, or just doing a certain task over and over and over again, the more you do it at one level, the easier it gets. And sometimes at another level, it might get harder for various reasons. In weightlifting, you need to break a muscle in order to build a muscle, push it too hard and press it too hard, and you can actually damage that muscle. But as the body gets used to certain tasks and builds that muscle mass and muscle memory, it often starts getting stronger and easier for you to do something. Well, in one sense, that's what's happening in this Psalms. We repeat this phrase, and the congregation will repeat it. And as you read it, or say it 26 times, saying His love or His mercy endures forever, we start building muscle memory or muscle recall. And we start to create, maybe in a sense, even this auto-response to, to God in the depths of our, our soul, saying, you're good, you're good, you're good. You are love, you are love, you are loving, and your mercy endures forever. And not only are we gaining muscle memory, a muscle recall of God's love, the love that will endure, but we're going deeper into His truths in the process, right? As we study and as we sing uh, this great Hallel. And I broke this Psalms down into three major groups uh, of enduring love. His nature, His creation, his acts of love. And that's what we'll be looking at taking a closer look today, especially if those who are taking notes, not telling you to take notes, and not saying, hey, this is such a great preaching or word that you should take notes, but you should take notes, I think, wherever you go, wherever you listen to. I know if I paid you $1,000 for every quote that you would get right, you would take notes. But I wonder if you had to say some of these messages tonight or tomorrow or in the future, would you be capable of doing some of it not all of it, but some of it. Because it's important to be able to speak God's words intelligibly, right? And sometimes we're going to stumble like I do on words. It's okay. Um, you can make fun of me later, and maybe one day you'll be up here doing it yourself, and I'll make fun of you. But anyway, it's, it's all good. I know I have some words here that in my mind. I studied it, and I know I'm going to get to it. I'll be like, and we'll just keep going. Because I already in my head, I can't remember. And I looked it up today just so I wouldn't do it. But anyway, I'm not telling you where it is, but you will obviously know. But anyway, God reveals his enduring love to us. Right? God reveals his enduring love through his nature. Through his nature. Uh, Wednesday, uh, Friday night, I gave out handouts, so I don't do that anymore here, but that's where, where a spot that I would look at my students and go, his nature, and fill in the blank, right? But you're adults here. Most of us are. And so you have to write out what's important to you and what hits you in your heart, all right? And so God reveals his enduring love through his nature. And not only does his love endure, but he is a good God. He's not only a good God, but He's the God of gods. He's the Lord of lords, right? And so we give thanks to the Lord, to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. We give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. And why are these truths so important? Because too many people think God is bad, or, or God is no good, or God is evil. Or that God doesn't care about them or about us. Or, or He's such a far off, far away God. That's the wrong way to see God. That's not the way we should see God. God is good and His love and mercy endures forever. The King James Version says that His mercy endures forever. His loving kindness 
His steadfastness, his, his faithful love endures forever. It's everlasting. And his love is expressed through his goodness. And that should cause us to praise his name and to be thankful for what he has done and what he will continue to do. Amen? He will continue to show his love to a lost and dying world. He loves us greatly and so great that he sent his only begotten son into the world, right? To save us from our sins and from wrath. And God is good, so good. And there's no evil or even a shadow of evil within him. He's also above and beyond other gods. So he's supreme in goodness. He's the Lord of lords. His ways are greater. His ways are higher. He's, he is a righteous God. And no other God, no other person compares to him, comes even close to him. For he's good. And his love and his mercy endures forever. Yeah. Yeah. I need a drink of water. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hallelujah. And his love, his love would outlast everyone else's love. For we are just a vapor. Just a vapor. We die and we fade away. This earth, it's going to disappear one day too. But not his love. Amen? Not his love. Not his greatness. His love will endure forever. His love will never run out. His love for you will never dry up. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. His love is great because he is love. Oh, your family and your friends, they might leave you. Right? They might not love you. They, they might abandon you. Right? Their love might dry up. Their love might give out. Their, their love, but not God. God loves you. God loves you. Oh, you need to get that today. God loves you. God loves each and every one of you. His love, His mercy, it endures forever. And he, he, he greatly loves us. And not only that, He wants a forever relationship with us. Amen? But so often we reject that love. The world rejects that love. In fact, they either don't believe it's true or not real or, or we just won't believe it for ourselves. And maybe you think, hey, well, I'm not good enough for His love. Or I don't deserve such love, such amazing love. Well, the truth is you don't. Oh, news alert, you don't deserve that love. You don't. We don't. But He loves us anyway. God loves us greatly. Regardless if we deserve that love or not. And He wants us, each and every one of us, to become part of the family of God. He's calling you out today because He loves you. He loves you and me. The question is, I think, will you receive His love? Will you receive His love? Or will you reject it? And therefore rejecting Him, His love. By the way, His love is a covenant love of loyalty. We lost this idea of loyalty in this country. There's something about loyalty. This country used to be very patriotic. People used to love America and love this country and what it stood for, it stands for. People have lost their way. But there's a covenant love of loyalty from God. He's made this covenant with Abraham. And Abraham obeyed God and God blessed him. And we read about this in Genesis chapter 12 where the Lord says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And all the people on earth will be blessed through you. And that covenant of love has then been broken by God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So his nature is good. And you can trust him. And you can rely on him. His love is real. And he really loves you. And he really wants a forever relationship with you. Not because you deserve it. Right? But because he wants it for you. He wants it for me. He wants it for us. But do you want it for you? Do you want it for you? I'll speak more about that in a little while. 
God reveals his enduring love through his nature. God reveals his enduring love through his creation. Through his creation. And we know in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible tells us, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and now earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, through Him, through who? Through Jesus Christ, through, through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then Psalms 136 echoes more of God's power and wisdom and greatness and wonders. <coughs> Verse 4, to him alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding or wisdom made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night, his love endures forever. And God, through Jesus Christ, created the heavens and the earth. It's through Jesus and his love for us that we have life and that we gain access to Father God. By the way, God is not a created being. God always was and is and will be. Hallelujah. And Genesis chapter 1 and John chapter 1 reveals to us that Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they're together at creation. Right? They're together. Now we have this word in, in, uh, called the Trinity, uh, which is not found in Scripture. You should know that. Trinity, the word Trinity is not found in Scripture, but it's harmonious with Scripture. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one being in three persons. And while this might be hard to understand or fully understand, it does not make it any less true. And all the other beings, or humans and angelic, are really created beings. The devil, Satan, Lucifer himself, created being. And I believe he was a fallen angel, a divine being, and now he's the God of this world. But he's not above our God. He's a little G God. Our God's a big G God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so he is the God of this world, but... He brings chaos. He brings confusion. He, he brings doom and death and decay and destruction. But that's not the way it always was. In the Garden of Eden, prior to the fall, there was, in a, in a way, a form of paradise on earth where no sin was found until that day, that ugly day, where that serpent shines his head out there, whatever it is. And the creature showed up and, and to test and to tempt Adam and Eve. And when they ate from that forbidden uh, fruit, uh, they sinned. And, and since then, we have all been dealing with our sin issue, our fallen nature. We, we all sin. The Bible says we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us have sinned. And if you say that you have no sin, the Bible says that makes you out to be a liar and and his word actually has no place in you. God reveals his enduring love through his creation. And not only is God's creation beautiful and breathtaking, it reveals to us his love. His love to us. Why? Because he placed us here. In, right in this time, in this space... Right? You're not an accident, church. You're not an accident. I don't care what mama or dada or whoever told you you were. You're not an accident. Now, you might have been their oops, but you ain't God's oops. All right? And he loves you greatly. And he put us in this time, in this space, right? Because he loved us. To appreciate him, to appreciate this earth. And even though it might not be paradise, the way it was initially created to reflect it's so amazing. 
I look at these mountains and we drive around here. And, and it was our anniversary in October and, and we just drove and saw the beautiful mountain majesty. Purple mountain majesty. Beautiful. And his wonders are great. And his love and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. And we know now we learn about his acts of love. And we've seen them displayed in the past and through the ages. And it gives us hope. It gives us faith and confidence. Not only how much that he loves us, but that he continues to love us. And he continues to put forth uh, his plans and purposes on earth. He's a faithful and good God. And he wants to use you and me and us all together. He wants us to come together as a body of believers in the church, the bride of Christ, to put forth his purposes on purpose. And now God reveals his love through creation. And now God reveals his enduring love through acts of love. Through acts of love. And it's broken down here into two parts. First, it refers to Israel. And then I believe, secondly, it refers to us. So God reveals his enduring love through his acts of love to Israel. Verse 10. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand and outstretched arms, his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever. And brought Israel through the midst of it, his love endures forever. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, his love endures forever. And I'll just insert here, there is punishment and judgment by God. And Pharaoh and his army were judged that day. And if you recall, the Israelites, the Hebrew people, were initially enslaved in Egypt. And they would grow from just a handful of people to hundreds of thousands of people. And many scholars believe that there were two million, around two million when they, uh, Israelites, when they left Israel, or, or left, I should say, Egypt. And the Lord reveals his love to them through various acts of love. So he helped to protect them and in their slavery while, while life was really hard for them and on them with no military protection of their own. They grew to become this great people group. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions with no protection of their own, no military backing on their own. This is miraculous. And they lived through the ten plagues and verse 10 says, to him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt his love endures forever. And we know that those who have placed the blood on the doorpost would be spared the death of the first child. In fact, it wasn't just the first child in human birth. It was also of the cattle, the animal birth. Exodus chapter 11, verse 5 and 6 says, Every firstborn son in Egypt will die from the firstborn son of Pharaoh who sits on the throne to the firstborn son of the slave girl, who's at her hand, mill, and oh, the firstborn of the cattle as well. And there will be loud wailing throughout Egypt, worse than has ever been or ever will be again. And so those who oppose God, God's words, right, were in trouble. But those who obeyed God's words was safe and secure and saved. And then Israel was free to leave after the ten plagues, but Pharaoh changes his mind and he gives chase. He made a mistake when he did that, by the way. <laughs> Keep your word with God. Yeah. Keep your word. I say, promise less, deliver more. When you're dealing with God, don't promise unless you plan on keeping it. God's mighty hand and outstretched arms protected them. He divided the Red Sea and saved the Israelites from the Egyptian army. His love endures forever. Verse 14. And he brought Israel through the midst of it. His love endures forever. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. God's enduring love is revealed through the way uh, he treated the Israelites. We see that over and over again he pours out such love on this people group. Why? 
I know why. Because they're so special. No, that's not why. It's just because it is. He has the right, and he chose them, and that's it. Because they simply, he simply chose them to reveal his love to them and through them to show the world the love of God through the people group. I believe now he's also doing it through his church, through us. That's another message, but it's still true. Verse 16, to him who led his people through the desert, his love endures forever. Who struck down the great kings, his love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, his love endures forever. Shang, king of the Amorites, his love endures forever. And Og, king of Beshad, his love endures forever. And gave this land as an inheritance, his love endures forever. An inheritance to his servant Israel. His love endures forever. God loves Israel. And that love will endure forever. He will eventually bring them back into the promised land. But in doing so, there will still be many battles and hurdles to overcome. And they still are overcoming stuff today. We know that. And while he's faithful, he will provide for them and he will protect them. They must be faithful as well. So a lot of people are like, oh, God will do it. Move my hands, walk my feet, watch me walk. I ain't moving because I didn't move my legs. Right now, someone maybe pushes me, then I'll move. But that's what we want from God. We want God to push us all the time, to make us do something that he has given us the ability and the wisdom and the mindset to do ourselves. We must be faithful, and faithfulness is action. Steps of faith. If your feet ain't moving, you ain't walking. We have to take steps of faith, action, faithful action steps, and a partner and, a, and abide with the Lord. Be willing to take steps of faith and obey His will and His way. So God loves Israel, but we know He also loves us. Amen? And He reveals His enduring love beyond Israel. So God reveals His enduring love his, uh, through His acts of love to us. To us. Again, he does this in various ways in verse 23. To the one who remembers us in our low estate, his love endures forever. And freed us from the enemy, his love endures forever. And who gives food to every creature, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven, his love endures forever. When we're going through difficult times, right? Uh, God remembers us. God hasn't forgotten us. God hasn't forsaken us. And when we're all banged up in life and life struggles, right? And um, we need to stay focused and we need to keep going because he remembers us. He knows us by name. He knows the hair that we have on our head and, and some who don't have it on their head. But we know that his love endures forever. Amen? To the one who remembered us in our lowest uh, uh, estate. There are times that we feel uh, cornered. And, and we don't see any way out. And we, see, we seem to be trapped in, in our woe, in our circumstances, in our trials, in our struggles, right? For whatever the reason is. But God can be our strength. And as we learned on, on the, uh, Wednesday night just a little bit, God can be our joy. He is our strength, right? Amen? Amen. And He freed us from our enemies. Who gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Now Spurgeon says... With regards to the Lord and rescuing us from our enemies, Spurgeon, and I quote, Sin is our enemy, and we are redeemed from it by the atoning blood. Satan is our enemy, and we are redeemed from him by the Redeemer's power. And the world is our enemy, and we are redeemed from it by the Holy Spirit. God not only cares about us, but he wants us free. He wants us free, free, free from the bondages and enslavements to Satan and to sin and this world and the cares. But we know that not only does he care about us, he cares about his creation and, and the animals. And it says he will give food to every creature. His love is enduring. His love never fails. His love never dries up. His love and mercy will be around for all eternity because he is the God of love. Such love. Such amazing love. And 1 John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love. Perfect 
Love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. God's love is perfect love. Perfect, enduring love. Love that will last and passes the test of time. Hallelujah. And John 3, verse 16 and 17 tells us, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him will be saved. Hallelujah. Once again, we see God's enduring love being played out in salvation. My wife just gave me the eye. You know why? Because I know this is not King James, and sometimes my King James version comes out of me. So she just gave me the googly eye. But it wasn't actually the googly eye. I was like, you did it again. But anyway, yeah, sometimes the, I mix up NIV and King James and ESV and whatever. But you get the drift. And, and you need to go into the Word and read it for yourself and make sure the pastor is speaking truth. Just don't throw tomatoes at me now, but you can pull me to the side and, and say, that was just messed up, that was wrong. Or you can say, now and then, that that was good. Because a lot of times, we're faster to break someone down than to encourage. You ever notice that? I don't necessarily need more encouragement. That's not why I'm saying it. So I'm, I'm good with me, but I don't think you're good with me. So sometimes we need to, I need to figure it out and say, what's wrong with me? I really want to say what's wrong with y'all, but that's, a, that's another story, and I get myself in trouble. Um, yeah. Enduring love. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. I know you love me, and you love them too. Amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Loved us so much, right, that he sent his son into the world to die for us. Hallelujah. Don't lose. Don't, if you're a believer, don't lose that. Really, like, hold on to that. He died on the cross so that we can live. Amen. Hallelujah. He paid our, our sin price and our sin debt. And he paid it in full. We were not able to do this on our own. And those who think they could do it on their own, that's pride, man. That's pride. You're a prideful person if you think, oh, I don't need anybody. Oh, I don't need Jesus. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Jesus took our pain, our shame, our suffering, and he went to the cross. He died on that cross. But no cross, no tomb, no grave is able to keep my Jesus down from, from loving us. And so he rose. He rose again. And on that third day, he arose, right? And he lived and he's seated right now at the right hand of Father God, making intercession for every one of us. Do you know he's praying for you? He's praying for you, church. He loves you. In fact, he sent us, because he left, he sent us another comforter, another one of the like, of the same like, of kind, Holy Spirit, who now resides in us, and now God dwells in us. God in us. God dwells in us. We don't get that in our core. We don't live that way. We don't act that way. So many times we're downcast, and we're falling apart. But he's in you is greater than he that's in the world. He resides in you. He lives in you, right? We now become the dwelling place of God. We don't like talking that way, but it's true. He dwells in us. He chose us. He loves us. Amen? And so we have to give thanks to God. Can we just give him a, a 30 second praise offering? Oh, we love you, oh God. We give thanks to you. You are good. You are holy. And your love endures forever. Hallelujah. Verse 26 says, we give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. And again, this is not just any God, right? He's the God of heaven. He's the God above all gods, right? He's the, he's the supreme one. He's the great I am. There is no one like my Jesus. There's no one like my God above and beyond, far superior to any other Elohim that's out here. Hallelujah. And we know that he's in heaven. Heaven is a real place. Amen. And by the way, so is hell. Amen. So is the lake of fire. And so, without the, except hell is going to be a place without the Lord's manifest presence. That tangible feeling, the goosey-goosies that you might feel on your arm or something. That something, you're in the presence of something great. They won't feel that. They won't experience that. I told the church Wednesday night, my youth Wednesday night, 
Your best day for those that are unsaved. Your best, best day on earth. Remember it. Because it doesn't get better than that when you're in hell. But the church, the bride of Christ, those that are in Christ Jesus, we have greater days ahead. Your worst day here, don't worry about it. It will get better tomorrow. It will get better in the future. And it will get better and better and better and sweeter and sweeter and sweeter as we hang out with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, you got to get that in your core. I don't know if you believe that yet, church. You got to get that. Your best day on earth if you're an unbeliever, is your best day for eternity. But our best day on earth compares nothing to what it's going to be like in heaven as we walk with Christ, as we see His beauty, as we see Him face to face. What a glorious day that will be when my Jesus I will see. Hallelujah. Without receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior, our, our future, our banishment, our destiny, unfortunately, it is unfortunate. I don't, I don't desire this for nobody. It's unfortunate, but it is. Your, your, futures, your future destiny is hell. Banished from the presence of God. I don't wish that on my worst enemy. But it's a fact of life. We must understand that the God of heaven is the supreme God. He's the God of gods. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings. He's the great I am. There is none like him, none greater than him, none who could love like him either. And his love will endure forever. And while the world is chasing love in so many wrong places, God has stepped in and stepped up with the enduring love and basically says, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I will die for you. I have died for you. I continue, in a sense, die for you. And I want you to be part of my family forever and ever. And I wonder, do you want to be part of this family? Do you want to be part of this family? Why have so many people rejected the love of God? I don't understand. There's no other love like it. Everyone else falls short, right? Everyone else is incapable of loving the way he loves. And so what they get out what do they get out of without him? What kind of love do they get without him? It's a counterfeit love. It's a fake love. It's a jealous love. It's a love that fears. It's a love that doesn't trust. It's a, it's a love that can't last. Again, it's a fake love. It's a temporary love. It's a, it's a moment by moment love. Let me get my next fix. Let, let, me, let me do this again so I can feel love. But it doesn't last. It doesn't endure. It's not enduring love because it's not perfect love because it's not God's love. And only He has enduring love. Only He has perfect love, love that will last. And so I ask you today, do you want to receive God's love? Do you want to receive God's love? My hope and my prayer is that you do. So many people want love, and yet they reject God. They don't trust Him. But I say that's because you don't know Him. For if you knew Him, you would embrace Him, you would desire Him, you would trust Him, and you would want to be part of the family of God. And that includes the bride of Christ and, and the church of Jesus Christ. We are His bride. De Glacia. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says this, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. God is love, and His love endures Forever. And I wonder, will you receive his love today? If that's you, if you want his enduring love, if you want to become part of the family of God forever, just raise your hands. Say, I want to know Jesus. I want to know this type of love. I want to know Jesus. I'd love to pray with you and for you. Yes. And I would just say this, if you're watching at home as well, you can raise your hand too, but I won't see it. But the truth of the matter is, He loves you as well. Hallelujah. Before we open this time for, for the altar, I'll give you some more instructions in a moment. But let me just read this prayer. 
to you and over you. You might want to jot this down. Ephesians 3, 16 through 21. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through the spirit in your inner being so that Christ, Jesus Christ, so that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. To know his love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can even ask or imagine according to the power that's work within us. Church, there's power in us. The book of Acts, you shall receive power. There's power in us and working through us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. In order for the Holy Spirit power to be inside of you, in, in your inner being, in a person, you must receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so for those who maybe raise their hands, speak to God from your heart. Repent for your sins and ask Him, hey, Lord, be the Lord of my life. And then go live for Him. May Christ dwell in you through faith. And may we remain in Him, being rooted in Him. May we receive His power together with other believers to understand His love, right? To be full of His love. When we love God wrongly, we love people wrongly. Why are we all hurt in so many ways? Because when the world does not have Christ and they love wrongly, they hurt. And when the Christian does it, it hurts worse. Right? If I've been in the church 57 years. I know I don't look that old. 57 years I've been going to church. I wish I could tell you I've been this like amazing student. I'm a good student. I'm a, whatever, however you say it. But, well, good, whatever. But the truth is, I've been watching people 57 years in the church. A lot of the pain and shame came from the church. If y'all been in church any time, you will get hurt. So I used to say this, I'm sorry. What are you sorry for? Because I might hurt you down the road. So let's just get that out of the way. Know that I love you in Christ Jesus. Now, some of the people say that's not sincere, and I get that. It's kind of a joke, but it's to make the point. When the church hurts you, don't run and leave the church. Make it better. You, you show the love of Christ, the grace of Christ. We love wrongly, we hurt people. We don't have the love of God. You will never, never be able to treat people right. Even if you do a good job, right? It will always lack something. Because it lacks God's perfect love, His love. No matter how strong your love is, no matter how good your love is, no matter how sincere your love is, it's limited love compared to God's enduring love, His great love that will never fade, will never fail, will never fall away. And so it is that love, it is God's love that I desire. It is God's love that I want to fill my heart and my mind and this church with, right? Body, soul, and mind. It's His love that I want to move me and motivate me. I hope you want that too. God's never-ending love and mercy should make us be the people who want to do right and live right and have compassion in on those people around us. It should give us a hope and a faith of a better future and a, and a brighter tomorrow. And so as we go into this wonderful Thanksgiving season, may God's love move us to, to compassion and to action and to faithful works of service. May it move us to take steps of faith. May we realize no matter how much, no matter how hard things are, the trials that we go through that God is love and he loves us greatly and his love can keep us. His love is steadfast and, 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 and sustain us and he will be with us wherever we go. From the lowest parts and places to the highest places he's there and he will keep his children and he will love them with an enduring love. And so if you have family or friends 
or if you're going through some hard times this year, pray for them, embrace them, and show them God's love through word and deed and action. And if you're willing today, listen up, if you're willing, if you're going through a hard time or willing to stand in the gap for someone else, why don't you take a step of faith? Why don't you just stand right now and even just start opening up your hearts and mind to receive from Jesus. Consider taking a, a step of faith towards these altars, standing in the gap for family and friends that don't understand the love of God, maybe those that you have been praying for church. These altars are not just for the, for the sinner, but it's for the saint of God, willing to model the things of God, willing to take steps of faith. And may we agree in prayer that, that God's love will be revealed in a greater measure to you or to the person that you're praying for. The truth of the matter is, church, we all need to start saying, who am I praying for? What am I believing for? What am I looking down the road for? So many of us are in pain or in shame or, or hurting. So many of us should have dozens and dozens of people that were saying, I will stand in the gap for you. I'm not asking you to share that with me. You can, but I'm not asking you of that. I'm saying, will you stand in the gap for them? Will you pray for them this year? Will you say, thank, thank you, Lord, for my friend, for my family, for someone else? Will you stand in the gap? knowing that His love and His mercy endures forever. In the next few minutes, we're going to sing this song right now. We're going to sing it in just a moment. If God moves you, move. We're almost done with this year, dwelling in His presence, but we should never stop dwelling in His presence. And again, I want to implore us all, over the weeks and the months ahead, take steps of faith, move in your in. in move and do something different. Hallelujah. Your love is devoted like a ring of solid gold like a vow that is tested like a covenant of old Your love is enduring through the winter rain and beyond the Mercy for today, faithful you have been, faithful you will be, you pledge yourself to me, and it's why I sing your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will Ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my Thank you. 
Be blessed. Happy Thanksgiving. 